What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 67 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me, as always, is Justin. How's it going, everybody? And Bobby. I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott, and I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as the other dude. Dude. Exactly. So, as always, we want to start out the show with some gratitude. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to the episode, we appreciate you very Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, thanks. Make sure you continue to listen. There's 66 other episodes out there. Yeah. If you haven't heard them all, get caught up. <laughs> that said, got a few shout outs this week. Who we got? Shout out to Mike Vallely. Oh, Mike V. Hell yeah. And a shout out to Travis Peanut Butter Baker. We enjoyed having you on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Enjoy Germany over there. <laughs> so we got a little special show for you. This is part two of our deep dive into Sepultura's discography. Mm. We're getting into the years without Max Cavalera. Mm. Igor's Igor's still still around. But Igor's still in the band. Bobby's also got some music reviews for us. I do. Almost didn't. But before we get into that, here's Justin, the electric spider. Yeah. With the news. The news. Pantera will hit the road with Lamb of God in support. Other bands will be announced later to open the show. Uh, That tour starts February 3rd in Sunrise, Florida. Ends February 27th in Quebec City. Uh, The TMFT crew strikes again. We were wishing uh, this show into existence. I think it was just last week. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but off. We were talking about Pantera and who would open. Said Lamb of God. Who's going to open for them, though? We did say that. I thought we didn't really have a pick beyond we that. But we just made it up and it happened. That's cool. We need to yeah, this recently more. happened with what? God forbid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Shadows fall. Yep. Who do we want next, guys? Fucking well, nail bomb. I want Silosis to open for Lamb of God and Pantera. So I'm, I'm trying to will that into existence right now. Also, I did not realize that the Sunrise Florida is the first show on the tour. That's, that's the one you're going to, that's right? That's the one I'm going, I'm going to. to, to be awesome. I'm going, I'll be at Tampa, so the very next day, <laughs> or two days later. Bobby, you going? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Like a solid maybe. Like Cool. Yeah. So check out Jason at Sunrise and me in Tampa, maybe Bobby too. Mm. We'll see. When we were young, we'll return to Las Vegas, October 19th and 20th, 2024, <laughs> with another massive lineup. Both days will be the same lineup. Again, I'm not sure why the promoter does this. Uh, but it is headlined by My Chemical Romance and Fallout Boy. Over 50 bands will perform, with many of them performing entire albums, which I think is a pretty cool concept. Some of those albums are My Chemical Romance with The Black Parade, A Day to Remember with Homesick, Jimmy Eat World with Bleed America, Pierce the Veil with Collide with the Sky, The Used with In Love and Death, Simple Plan with No Pad, No Helmets, Just Balls. <laughs> That's a good album title, man. No matter what you think of that, man. Right. I never knew that was the album title. That's great. Dashboard Confessional with uh, Dusk and Summer. Coheed and Cambria with Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star. Atreyu with The Curse and More albums. Like I said, it's a cool concept. Mm. I got a theory on why they do those shows over the, like the week, like the same show back to back. Maybe it's for recording live stuff because uh, the Iron Maiden Live After Death, that's... Uh, recorded over like three fucking days over that weekend and then they kind of like 
chop it up and edit it to get the best performance. That might be a thing that why they do those big shows and then, you know, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it's the same fucking yeah. lineup. Maybe they're trying to record and get, Maybe I haven't I seen know. any live stuff come out of it yet, but I, I mean, was that's, just that's not a bad thing. You're yeah. like, why would you do that? I mean, that's kind of the only the, thing the, I can think only, of, like why you would do that. The only other theory I have is is in Vegas, so it's kind of like a residency. It's just shorter. It's like two days. So, mm. yeah, yeah, because you know, yeah, people are coming from all over the country to go to that. Stained announced the tailgate tour with Seether and Saint. Asania in support it starts April 22nd in Brandon, Mississippi and ends May 15th in Pelham, Alabama. Judas Priest will hit the road with Sabaton for 14 shows next year, starting April 18th in Wallingford, Connecticut and ending May 22nd in Syracuse, New York. Judas Priest also released their latest album, Invisible Shield, this past week. I've seen Judas Priest and it was the most brutal fucking show I've ever seen. Just saying. Nice. Quite the spectacle. We'll see them at Welcome to Rockville. All right. Ailstorm will return to the U.S. with a headline run. Elvin King and Glyph will be in support. Starts uh, March 19th in Cincinnati and ends April 21st in Nashville. <laughs> Did not see a Florida date. Nah. <laughs> we blew our chance. We blew it last year. We should have went. Uh, the Metal and Beer Fest 2024 will be headlined by Biohazard, Deicide, and Dying Fetus. It also features Jesus Peace, Crowbar, Tomb Mold, Internal Bleeding, 200 Stab Wounds. Yeah. These guys are everywhere. Will Haven, Enforced, Terminal Nation, Lamp of Murmur, Diva, and Witching. <laughs> I probably fucked the name up. Probably. Biohazard will play uh, their entire urban discipline album deicide will have a set exclusively of early 90s songs hmm. from their self-titled album legion and once upon a cross uh, dying fetus will also play exclusively older tracks and crowbar will play songs from odd fellows rest in their 1993 self-titled album the hmm. festival will take place april 12th and 13th in philly but again here's another festival with themes for each set or for a lot of the sets it's pretty cool and lots of good beer I'm thinking about going to that one myself. Both days? Yeah. It's my birthday weekend, man. Oh, there you go. Happy mm -hmm. birthday to you. Wouldn't mm -hmm. mind going up there for <laughs> some beer and metal. All right. Bring Me the Horizon cut their set in Jakarta, Indonesia short on November 10th. There were concerns from stage crew about structural integrity of everything as their speakers and other equipment started to bounce at an unusual amount during their performance. Fans were upset and went into a little mini riot following the announcement. The band then followed up by canceling their performance the following day as well. Uh, I mean, listen, we've all seen stages fall and people die, so I'm kind of all for them cutting a sh show short if they see yeah. something happen like that. But I mean, I do question like, how'd you not notice before? Were there not safety checks before the show started? Yeah, I mean, they're a pretty big band. I would think they would have a whole big crew of people behind them like checking all that stuff so uh yeah i don't know i don't know how it was handled it, i mean it definitely needed to happen but you know depending on how they handled it they could be partially responsible for the way the crowd reacted yeah mm. but even still man if i go on a fucking rickety ass stage i ain't evil can evil i'm not gonna fucking oh yeah die to jam out some songs Def for you definitely Shit. cut it short if you need to no. there will always be another show that's the news, everybody. See you next week.
All right, I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here I'm going to share with you. going to rate this stuff on the uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. Alrighty, it was kind of a shitty fucking week. Uh, nothing really dropped in my radar, so I had to actually go looking for stuff. You didn't do Judas Priest? No. <laughs> so I got one album. And then some EPs and singles and shit. So Sadus, The Shadow Inside. Ten songs, 47 minutes. Technical death thrash from California. Production here is a little bit muddy. It's not too bad, but these dudes are veterans. And they're all really good musicians, so it should have sounded better. Anyways, some killer stuff here. First track, First Blood, which is a great name for an opener. It's the obligatory stunt song. Show off the technical prowess. Uh, ends with a nice clean stop. And the second song fades in to start the rest of the album, which is full of badass sludgy riffing, death grooves, and some moshy thrash grinds, and some sweet-ass solos. Vocals ain't awesome, but it sometimes sounds sort of like if Dave Mustaine sang for old Anthrax, and I thought that was cool. Pretty good title track closer, best solo for sure. It's The Sickness is the best song on the record, so check out the full-length album number six from Sadus, The Shadow Inside, four upside-down pentagrams. Good album title. Now I got a bunch of EPs, Infinity Ritual, EP2, or I.I. if you're a buffoon. Four songs, 38 minutes, Doom Groove from New Zealand. This is cool. Big, fuzzed-out, stompy riffs with progressive, sludgy grooves. Not all the riffs are cool, but hang in there. It'll get better. Deceivers is the best song of the four. Cool stuff from Down Under, Infinity Ritual. And their second EP, EP2. Four upside-down pentagrams. Orbitron, Cassini, four songs, 26 minutes, instrumental psychedelic stoner rock from Germany. This is the good stuff. Nice burly bass holding it down, rocking drums, layer upon layer of guitar tracks smothered in far out effects. Some scorching bluesy solos, cool little licks floating around in the background. Here and there will be a cool like uh, snare shuffle or something. Just lots of ear candy. This is the kind of listen uh, to the whole album type experience, but the standout is Telesto. So get your levels right and fade away to outer space with a super cool debut from Orbitron Cassini, five upside down pentagrams. <laughs> so I told you I had to go find some stuff and I can't believe I've never heard this fucking band with the name like this. And when you see what kind of fucking music it is, I should have been on my radars. The balls of this fucking name. Black Pantera. <laughs> Grio is the album. Five songs, 13 minutes of Brazilian thrash metal. This shit's pretty cool. Badass, thrashy punk rock with reggae, death, funk, and groove metal all mixed in there. Definitely influenced by early Chili Peppers and Fishbone. Also some System of a Down vibes in there. It's just three dudes. They know how to handle their instruments. Everybody comes through the mix cleanly. Every song was pretty cool, but this standout is this is the best song title of the year. Shut up and fuck off. Yeah. Cool stuff from Brazil. It's only 13 minutes, man. Check it out. Black Pantera. Grio. Solid five upside down pentagrams. Got some singles here. Smoke Witch with Ritual Bloody Ritual. Two songs, 10 minutes. Stoner Metal from Australia. If you're into stuff like Dozer, Lowrider, with a little bit of the psychedelics, check this out. The other song on there, Counts for Nothing, is way cooler. It's kind of like uh, Dead Cross and Red Fang type stuff. Stick around for that one. That led me to this band, the Avondale Spiders, which is a dumb fucking name. Fire in my veins, just under three minutes of garage rock from New Zealand. 
This song's partying. If you like Revolution Mother, Monster Magnet, and Airborne, check that one out. And Keith Buckley, former singer of Every Time I Die, and the brothers from Kingdom of Sorrow, they got a new band called Many Eyes. They got a new single out called Mystic Chord. Two songs, just over seven minutes. Uh, they didn't really say what kind of genre it was. The focus goes on that this is a super group. So I would say this is a metallic hardcore mixed with melodic sludge with a pinch of pop. Shit's pretty cool. I like this. Uh, the other song, Revelation, is good, but Mystic Chord is the better. So give those a listen. That's it. Go listen to something with a gong in it. Stay curious, motherfuckers. get into it against which is a great name for an album 1998 15 songs 47 and a half minutes Derek green on the vocals title track opener as always andreas obviously didn't like the new metal direction of the last album because he scrapped that shit this is more noisy thrashy punk drums don't sound as good as the last album and the bass is shit Derek hasn't found his spot yet the riffs are mediocre so yeah pretty good title track uh, choke this is a better one but still not good almost as cool uh like a machine head song you know like they're almost cool but you know they fell this was the single as a video you guys uh familiar with the early stuff of against yeah i think uh you hit the nail on the head with the title track like i mm. i got more hardcore punk out of it than mm. i did mm. anything new metal uh, i think Derek sounds good mm. but he hasn't figured out what to do with this band yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so the song comes off kind of, kind of generic uh, choke though. Um, kind of dipping back into the new metal a little bit, not full on, but uh, not a particularly catchy song. The drumming's mostly on point, uh, but the band just feels kind of lost overall to me. Uh, they're still bringing in those tribal elements. And I don't think that it's always necessary. Mm -hmm. And this is where we start to see them kind of like really, run that into the ground a bit it, it gets worse from here on that yeah but with choke for me the only cool part of that song was the tribal percussion section the rest of it <laughs> was kind of forgettable uh against though that's straight in your face i called it kind of a groove punk hmm? uh but pretty cool pretty cool track to introduce derek as the new singer hmm. yeah choke was uh actually the song that they were uh fishing out there with the new singers and stuff that was the one they had people come in and do which is surprising because it's not a good fucking song. Imagine if you're thinking you're going to go join Sepultura and this is the fucking crap they got. Oh, the next few songs, Rumor, Old Earth, and Floaters in the Mud, you get some alternative style vibes. But Andreas hasn't figured out what to do alone. He's all alone. He doesn't really know what to fucking do. Uh, Boycott has an almost hate read-like delivery on the chorus. Tribus is one of their coolest instrumentals. Uh, one of the only two good songs on the record. Uh, there's a Jimmy Bowen cover. And Kaimitachi features some Japanese taiko drums on there by the group Kodo. Uh, but the absolute standout is Hatred Aside, featuring Jason Newstead on the baritone guitar and vocals. This song fucking rips. Who's Jason Newstead? Uh, he used to be in this real shitty band. 
Uh, Total Motorhead style grind with a cool dropout. Great song. Uh, it's on many playlists I have. Uh, anything stand out to you guys besides those fucking early tracks? Not much, if I'm being right. honest. Uh, mm. Rumors was an especially bad one. Mm. Uh, really poor attempt at new metal. The drums couldn't even save it. Uh, it's just not great. Hatred aside, I knew that would be one that you liked. I think you've talked about it before, mm. but uh, it sounds like Motorhead with some tribal drums. Mm. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of neat. I like some of the instrumental like interlude stuff. Um, Tribus was cool. FOE, I thought they placed it a little bit too close to the other one, and I'm like, we're already doing another interlude thing here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, out of I, ideas. I, I actually kind of like the two instrumental tracks on here. Um, I know Reza, the vocals are trash, and is there a dog barking at one point? Like, what the hell was <laughs> going on with that? <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, Old Earth, though, uh, I liked how that one opened with Igor's drums and the screams. Gets a really cool groove into it. Yeah, and it takes way too long to get to the fucking point on that one. Yeah, uh, it's n- not great anywhere. I'm just, you know, if there's a track on here that I kind of like, that was probably one, one of the ones. It is Andreas getting into his uh, stoner vibe, though, a little bit more. So, yeah, uh, yeah Hatred Aside, and then uh, Terser Millenniums. It's an acoustic jam on the way out. Very unimpressive, which is sad because usually they got a fucking cool closer. So uh, what would you guys think of that one? Yeah, this is a weird transition album, and it seems to suffer from an identity crisis. Mm. It's commendable that they tried to experiment a bit more, but the songs, just they're just not here. Uh, I think a lot of people tend to blame this album. You know, Max left and, you know, Derek stepping in, but that's not 100% the case. I mean, the band just seemed really confused on which direction they wanted to take. Mm. Maybe some of that is, you know, not having Max on the guitar and stuff. But as far as the vocals, I, I think Derek's a good vocalist. Like I said, he hasn't just he hasn't quite acclimated to the band here. And they carried over a lot of the root sound. But as I mentioned, they kind of just took it a little too far in some places. I think they pushed too far outside of their signature sound, trying to recapture some of that success they had with roots really didn't pay off here. I think what the fans needed was some reassurance that like, hey, this is yeah. this is still fucking Sepultura. Mm-hmm. They really didn't give them that here. Uh, sadly, this one is a two and a half out of six. Mm. The uh, chemistry lost when Max left is pretty pretty clear at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still Sepultura, but it is missing something, and, th- and that's Max. Uh, at times, it feels like two separate albums merged into one where you have a percussion-heavy instrumental album and then more of a kind of a punk hardcore album with some groove laid into it Mm -hmm. uh it's not a bad listen on its own but when you listen to these albums in order it becomes pretty clear there's a uh, step back here from what we just got Uh, i give it a three out of six wow yeah the expectations were high and they did not deliver they were too caught up in the need to be their own band without max trying to make a new sound instead of embracing the fact that they are very much a core element and make up everything that is to sepulter us out Andreas, you've been there from pretty much the get-go. Igor, you, you know, yeah. you fucking totally count. Paulo, you got a new singer, doesn't suck. Like you said, he's still fucking figuring out where he fits. But I didn't think he sucked, but this album did. It's mostly a fucking mess, a mediocre at best. It's the first of the Igor era, and it's a poor fucking error. Against, I'm right with you on that one, Jason. Two and a half upside-down pentagrams. All right, up next, we got Nation 2001. 15 songs, just over 52 minutes. Title track opener, sort of. 
cool drum intro, cool bass riff, cool guitar tone, vocals aren't bad, solid groove. Uh, it's got some Mediterranean flavors on the leads there. Andreas implementing the styles he's heard from around the world. Well, well, well. A decent title track, man. Had one of those in a little bit. What would you guys think of that one? Yeah, good start. Good start to the album. Uh, this is sounding a little bit more stripped down than Against and Roots. A mm. little bit more of the Chaos AD flavor showing itself. And what's that? A real fucking guitar solo. We hadn't mm. heard one of those in a little bit. All right. And I love the nasty sounding breakdown at the end. Oh, yeah. Nice. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of groove here. Probably the highlight of the album for me. All right. Uh, revolt some thrashy punk skank with a little shredder of a solo and a stumble ending. How about that for irony? Uh, Border Wars. This is the best representation of where this band is going at the moment. Uh, the bass is more melodic. The vocal dynamic changes from talk singing to roars and screams. Solid grooves on the drums mixed with the uh, tribally awesomeness. And Andreas not relying on the obligatory chugga, 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 creating some pretty cool soundscapes. One of the sick fucking solos this album has. Uh, this one's got more of an alternative vibe with the slower grooves and clean vocals on songs like uh, One Man Army, Vox Populi, and Who Must Die. And they get into some stuff that's more thrashy and punk as... Uh, the, you know, they dabble in that on the earlier albums. I always like when they go a little punk. Uh, Andreas definitely knows how to fucking pull that off. We got songs like Tribe to a Nation, The Ways of Faith is my absolute favorite on the album. Uh, it's got a bit of the Deftones vibe on there. And the song Human Cause featuring Jamie Josta is pretty badass. So uh, what stood out to you guys? Well, I also like uh, I like Border Wars. Mm -hmm. That one did stand out. I definitely agree Big alternative rock type vibe to that mm. one. When I listen to Border Wars, I hear Des from Cold Chamber and Fear Factory in the vocal. Uh, mm. Yeah, I can hear that a little bit. Uh, that's where I could really hear. I think Derek was starting to kind of find his voice and figure out what to do. Kind of dropping some bars too, like it's a little rappy at times. Sort of almost like an El Nino song. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the way they did interfuse the uh, the quick little hardcore punk type songs. You know, uh, like Human Cause with Josta, it was in, out, like just kind of a quick little break. Like, hey, we gave you this song that was a little bit more complex. Now we're just going to beat you over the head for like a minute and a half. And then we're going to go on to the That's, next That thing. song's only 57 seconds. I wish it was yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, that is one cool thing is uh, once Max left, they started having more songs on the album. I guess Roots had like 15, but that came like a standard, like 15 songs, which you're like, oh, that's a lot. But Andreas knows he keeps them pretty fucking short. The albums are usually only about 45 minutes with 15 songs. It's not bad. It's still kind of long, but he does keep the songs short to where, you know, another song is coming on in a second. And they do break up the albums with the little acoustic ones. And there'll be an instrumental. They'll be like the slower one, the faster one. So they got plenty of stuff to change up the vibe. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little overwhelming when you first look and you see 15 tracks yeah. and you're like, oh, but the album's only 45 minutes, yeah. 47 minutes, whatever. Uh, yeah. It goes by quick. Who Must Die? It's got some cool riffs on that one. Decent skanky grind mixed with some Seven Dust type stuff. Uh, Saga, it's got the cool drum intro. Killer riffs, uh, it's a pretty good one. I right. thought the bass had a really good groove to it in Saga. <laughs> yeah, uh, Paulo's doing some cooler shit here, man. Uh, I guess, you know, Andreas is probably like, hey, you can just do some simpler, like more melodic alternative type stuff, like some darker shit, and I'll do like some weird leads instead of just always going chugga, chugga, chugga all the time. Yeah. Uh, Politrix featuring Jello Biafra. 
great sludgy riff with those wacky vocals. It's a pretty cool tune. Jello's getting old though, so it's not as fucking awesome as the old stuff. But so, was hey. that the guy from Dead Kennedys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird song, man. Yeah, that's uh, what I put to weird track. I know it was intentional because it, you know it's sort of like uh, it's meant in like a mocking yeah, type dude. of way, but it, it was a little bit off putting though. Those vocals, I like the old broadcast type part that was in there, kind of like a radio. Yeah, thing yeah, that's they always a cool there. vibe. Pretty I like cool. when they do like the the record popping noises, the old timey shit. Yeah. Uh, and they close it with an epic one, uh, Valacio or Valcio. I don't know how you say that. Uh, like the end of it, it's pretty cool. It's got a big drama, dramatic kind of fucking feel to it, though. So, what do you think about the second one with Igor? Yeah, so I mean, it it had it had its moments. They still haven't really shed that that new metal element mm-hmm. completely, and um, it's it's better than against, but. A little bit exhausting to get through still. Mm. Um, like I said, there's moments here and there, but uh, I think this one is a three out of six. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I really like New Metal Sepultura very much. <laughs> I mean, if I want that, I'll just listen to Soulfly. Ooh. And I love New Metal, but it's, this is, I don't know, it's not terrible. It just doesn't feel quite right. Mm. It doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. It, it's not what they, it's not Sepultura. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like when Machine Head did, you know, they're, New metal deal and when Slayer did theirs. Like yeah. the problem is Sepultura, they didn't let go of it for way too way too long. A while. They hung on too long to it. I give it a three out of six. Pronged it. Oh. All right. So uh this was way better uh, than the last album. Everyone sounds comfortable with the songwriting is a little tighter, more melodic, which they can do that now that they have a singer and not a vocalist. Uh, most of this album is pretty medium, but there's some cool stuff here, and they are finding their way. Sepultura's second of the Igor era. Nation is a three upside down pentagrams. Totally pronged it. Pronged it all the way across the table. Prong. <laughs> three prongs, motherfucker. We got, we got three sixes and three prongs out of Sepultura. You just never know what you're going to get. Mother- Roar back. 2003. 13 songs, just under 57 minutes, due to a hitting track. One of those few albums to not feature a title track. Opening track is Come Back Alive. Starts with the cool fade-in, and then a really badass groove right off the get. They figured it out. Everybody's on the same page. We're Sepultura, and we make cool, thrashy groove metal. Guitar sounds awesome. Nice solo. Drums have the East Coast hardcore stop. Killer opener. What'd you guys think? Agreed. Much missed thrash metal mm. thank you thank you for giving us a good one yeah it's got very cool mechanical static feedback eerie kind of opening before the track kicks into a frantic thrash metal pace mm-hmm. godless it's always a good fucking topic one of the better songs on this album really cool riffing really cool use of the effects and panning they're doing a lot of uh, studio tricks in here that i thought was neat badass tribal bit in there of course 90s alternative vibes big time for sure Really cool staggered fade out. Pretty cool song. What do you guys think of Godless? Yeah, this is where they're starting to figure it out. They kind of blended a lot of the old stuff with the new stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound disjointed. It sounds cohesive, and mm-hmm. I, I dig it. I thought the bridge section was cool. The rest was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. This guy. Well, fuck you in your opinion. <laughs> well, fuck you. God damn. Fuck me, though. Fuck you. All right. Apes of God. Nice fade into a sick grind. 
into a head-bobbing groove than a bit of Sabbath-like sludge at the end, man. Did you like this one better, Apes of God? I did. Three minutes in, it got very Doom-inspired. Mm. Absolutely. And that was my favorite part, man. They gave us three fucking good songs in a row. Mm. My expectations are getting like really high mm. at this point mm. while I'm listening. But, man, I'm a sucker for those high. slow breakdowns. Yeah. And then it didn't get much slower and heavier than that one. I like it. More of the same. That's actually the title of the song. Yeah, it's a pretty mediocre tune, though. Uh, it's got some clean singing in there, but otherwise, nothing really stood out on that one. Agreed. Yeah, I thought some of the big screams were cool, but yeah, that's about it. You know, we had those first three songs. I had the energy and kind of fucking lost some of it. Oh, yeah. But uh, Urge, it's got the cool fade into some cool riffing. Got a tribally shuffle, clean singing to start things off. as a nice buildup, and then they trick you and give you just a little tease. Back to the buildup, which goes nowhere. But into the next song. I fucking hate. You're going to build up. Do something. Don't build up and then go back to the build up and then back to the fucking build up. Fucking get on with it. So you got some heavy metal blue balls. Mm. Right, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I like that song. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't mm. like one of my favorites. Right. But it was interesting because it was such a mellow, chill vibe for a Sepultura song. I can see like maybe kicking it on at work or something. Wouldn't be a go-to. It works best as the intro to the next song, which is Corrupted. Some sweet riffing right there. A nice skanky groove. Good chasing tune, like running through the alleys, jumping over fences and shit. Yeah, this one wasn't one of my favorites. I I feel like they just can't really let the new metal stuff go. Mm. The new metal bled into this one too much for me. I know that sounds weird because I'm like Justin and I like new metal, but I, I don't like New metal in my Sepultura, though. Nah, right. they picked up the energy compared to the last few tracks. It still just didn't do much for me. I think that might have to do with the uh, Sepultura tours mainly abroad, like in the other parts of the world and shit, where new metal might still be cool. And when they're playing that old stuff, probably gets a better reception than here in the states. So they're like, "Hey, we'll still crank out some of the stuff on the albums." I don't know, maybe, but yeah, that makes sense because they're, like they're typically metal, a little bit so, behind us. You know what our- I mean? Uh, as it is, <laughs> this is my favorite song on the album. As it is, super sludged out chuggas, but it's such a chill vibe and that goofy lead over it's fucking just really cool. Uh, nice back and forth with the clean, the harsh vocals. Mm. The chorus gets intense, badass, mm. extended drum fill thing. That thing's cool, tasty little bass part mm. and a killer solo. I like that song a lot. Mm. I thought that one was pretty okay, man. At this point, I'm just kind of zoning out. Songs are kind of forgettable on this mm. album. That one is like totally not a normal Sepultura song. And Maybe it's kind of why like I said, it's a little weirder, you know what I mean? But that fucking drum fill and then that weird lead, man, I like that one. Mind War. You would never guess this is a Sepultura song. It sounds almost like a Lost Helmet song from when they were awesome. Uh, awesome, dirty, bluesy solo on there. And there is a video for this one. Didn't do it for me. Mm. They're losing me, nah. man. It's too, too much new metal. I want, I want the thrash. Yeah, I mean, everybody nah, does. Yeah. I want yeah. the groove. Leech. Justin, here's your pit song. Had some high stepping super Whoa. skank circle pit stuff. Really weird solo. I like the screams during the lyric blood sucking leech, life taking leech. Mm. Pretty cool track. So Limp Biscuit's leech is greater than Sepulchre's <laughs> leech. You know, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> the riff. No, no. Doing cool shit with the timing and an odd arrangement, but otherwise doesn't really stand out. Nice little head bob and riffs going on here. It's a decent little track. Mm. Bottomed out again with the 90s alternative vibe, but I do not like this one, man. Slowed it way down, almost bowed like, but Sepultura doesn't even sing. 
Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of weird. The energy is 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 bleeding out. Singing. I'm bottomed out. That's what I thought. They don't sing on bottomed out. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that's the it's one not... that reminded me of Alice in Chains. Oh yeah. no, it's not Alice in Chains. Bad example. <laughs> the music sounded like Alice in Chains, like yeah, uh, fucking nineties like, alternative, like jar yeah. of flies, but not era. good. That's not their element. Nah. Well, I mean, I didn't. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Uh, activists got the cool drum intro as always. Uh, I like this one, man. The riffs are fucking pretty cool. Crazy solo. Drums are good. Nice clean stop. Great last song to a pretty cool album. Yeah, it was quick in and out. Nice main riff and high energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much much needed after the song before that. Uh, there is an outro of some like ambient noise. Waste of time. And then uh, <laughs> the hidden track. The hidden track is fucking hilarious. Uh, it's pretty much. Uh, Paolo's microphone broke during practice and everybody kept jamming and started talking shit in song form. And I think that's really goddamn funny. Paolo's microphone broke. He said that she was Sony. That it would never break, but it did. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Overall, this is the best album since roots for sure. They're starting to hone in their modern, the modern version of their sound. And be able to bring in a little bit of elements from the past. They let a lot of the tribal stuff go, which I think is way overdue at this point. Uh, it's not a bad album, but it's not a great one either. I give this one a three and a half out of six. Yeah, it's a very underwhelming album that didn't seem to ever go anywhere. Much like the last one, there's a lot of groove and new metal, uh, new metal elements, which I normally like. But there's just something off here. It's all kind of forgettable. Prong did again. Three out of six. Wow. See, this album to me is pretty fucking cool. They finally got their shit locked in. Andreas is showing his songwriting and leadership skills using the weapons available to him. Igor is badass. Fucking Paolo's willingness to just hold it down. And Derek's range on the mic. Bunch of cool fucking stuff going on there. Uh, he's definitely becoming a better, more mature songwriter on Andreas there. Uh, this album should not be missed. I think if you haven't checked out any of the uh, Derek Green stuff, this is the one you should check out. Sepultura's Rohrbeck is a solid five upside-down pentagrams for me. Dante XXI, or 21, if you actually got a fucking education. 2006, 15 songs, just over 39 minutes. This was the last album with Igor. This is a concept album based on Dante's Inferno. Uh, broken up into three parts of Dante's journey through hell, limbo, and paradise. Starts off with Lost. Weird intro opener. Monk-type chants with creepy backward speech. Uh, but we carry our own. Never thought that you could make it till our final last breath from the first birth of life is what's actually being said. That's an ominous, creepy intro. It's fucking weird. And then we get into this song, Dark Wood of Error. I love this song. It's been on a bunch of playlists. I'm pretty sure I put it on some of the playlists we have here at the fucking Team FT Get Down. The riff is super cool, and the drums are insane. Once again, Sepultura bringing the fucking heat with some sick, thrashy grooves. What do you think of this when it kicked on? There's a nice transition into the chug riffing. Intense drumming from Igor definitely grabs your attention right away. Woo. Fucking heavy, man. Getting fucking Chaos AD vibes mm. on this song. It. God damn, where has this been? We needed this. Where have they been, right? Where the fuck you been? Convicted in life. Cool drum intro into one mean-ass riff. This song is badass. Interesting changes. Super grooves. The teeth-kicking stomps. The ferocity is amazing. Crazy cool solo. Nice sludgy fade-out. 
yeah, the speed that Andreas is getting on that guitar, man, it's insane. Like, my fucking right hand was hurting just imagining it. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Super fast riffing and drumming at times. Most popular track they have on the album. Yes. City of Dis. Dis Nuts. (laughs) Ah, Man, what a cool fucking song. These guys are excellent at creating these strange alien atmospheres with their tribal stuff and mixing of sounds from around the world all smothered in some of the best thrashy riffs out there. What do you think of City of Dis? Hey, uh, man, when them drums kick in, uh, we haven't really heard this from Igor in a while. Mm. No, man, again, like, where's this fucking band been? I, I Holy know. shit, this shit goes fucking hard as fuck. False. <laughs> it's the name of the next track. <laughs> so this is where Dante meets the devil. And it fucking sounds hellish for sure. Very harsh, abrasive vibe here. You think there's going to be like a cool dropout like they do. Just even heavier riffing with horn swells and some cool vocal stuff from Derek and a slithery, nasty solo. Fuck you, Satan, you soft ass bitch. You don't tell me. I tell you. It's pretty much the vibe of this part of the story. I wish that's what it actually said. (laughs) 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 Kind of is what the vibe Uh. is, though. There's God. lots of big screams and energy in this track. Two-stepping gets the pit moving for sure. Mm. They're just a much better thrash metal band. I'm so glad they left the new metal stuff behind. Fighting on. Sludgy war metal. This song sounds like a struggle or inner battle. Pretty cool how they captured that vibe. We don't stop. We keep fighting on. All that stuff he's saying at the end is the stuff in the intro that's in reverse. i not sure if you were aware of that. Nah, that's, that's cool. That's what the stuff is. The stuff he's saying at the end of the song, they put the effects on there and switched it in the reverse, and that's what the intro to the album is. I got a little nervous when this one kicked in. I was like, oh, man, they're going to mm-hmm. go back and do some lame stuff. But nah, they kicked it right up, and this shit got really heavy and super pissed off sounding. I love this one. Yeah, there's a mean-ass riff and wild drums to open that track, too. Oh, yeah. Now we get to the second part of the story, In Limbo. Instrumental intro into the second part. And I like how it slides nicely into the next track, Ostia. Mm -hmm. This shit is awesome. More horn swells in the back there. Really cool alternative style groove with a somber violins and piano. Limbo sounds crazy as fuck. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one, and I thought it was perfectly placed to usher in that second half of the album. Mm. I love the orchestral elements, man. I... I've seen bands do that and it not really land, but it fit this perfect. It fit the theme of the album Mm. and it fit the music perfectly. Yeah, the transition from Limbo was perfect. Again, Igor's back. There's some groovy riffs going on. And that uh, eerie orchestral part behind the band uh, comes to the forefront with the Midway Point. It's a really cool track. Yeah, man. Buried words, badass, dirty fade, fade intro. Uh, this is a cool song. It's got the great riffs everywhere, as always. Nice double bass from Igor that he spreads that shit out, though. Uh, now, compared to his old stuff, it was always, you know, double bass blast piece in your fucking in your face. You know, this he picks his spots. And when he does, it just adds that extra fucking oomph to the song. Just good stuff, man. Yeah, I got hate read vibes on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and I think it's because of Derek. Like, this is the best enunciation I've heard from him when he's screaming. You can pick apart every word that he's saying and understand all of it. Mm. Awesome. Nuclear Seven, Brazilian Megadeth. Incredible mm. song. What do you think of that one? 
Best song on the album. Ah. It was my favorite song, hands down. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Two minutes in, it slows way down its eerie ass riff uh, into a really cool little solo. Oh, yeah. Repeating the horror. Gotta get the fuck out of this fucking bullshit. Uh, yeah. That's the vibe of this part of the story. Yeah, man. I love that high shrieking scream that Derek does on this one. I think it goes with the story. Like this particular part of the story, it sounds like. He's in agony whenever yeah. he's screaming. Well, at this point in the story, it's where he wants redemption. And uh, the the agony you said in that fucking scream definitely represents that shit. Uh, it's got awesome left turns with the arrangements and stuff. Like each change takes you to a weirder spot than you just were. Uh, of course, it's got the tribally stuff in there, but it's got the abrupt stop beginning of the next track. Really cool, man. One of the stranger ones though on the album. Yeah, you know, I guess that's how you would say that. You know, you know, you know, right? All of a sudden, we're in paradise, heaven, Avalon, whatever you want to call it. It's 13 seconds of intense, ominous violence before Crown and Mitre kicks on, and Derek screams, There's no way out. There's no way out. This does not sound heavenly, but the riffs are fucking cool. Some nice swinging grooves in there with a bit of uh, death ska, if you're into that. <laughs> Death Scout. So I took, mm. I took, you know, it's, it's like frantic ass violin going on, like somebody's about to get murdered, and then Crown and Miter's like chase scene in a movie. So yeah, yeah it's it all, supposed it to all be now you're in paradise in heaven. What a yeah. weird fucking vibe. Premium mobile, industrial into craziness like they used to. Uh, doesn't really stand out, but it goes into still flame, the closer, almost five minutes. It's uh, more alien type music. You got the ominous vibe with strange chanting. Odd tribal drums, Mediterranean vibes for sure. And uh, it's got a little bit of the jazz in there. Definitely some uh, credits rolling at the end of a like epic saga type fucking meal. Uh, nice eerie solo, some orchestral stuff on the way out. Nice fade out. Pretty cool closer, I thought. I agree 100%. It's normally the type of song that I would hate because I'd be like, ah, oh, this is just a stupid filler song. Like, Nah, for the whole story, it matched it. The, absolutely, it's the man. epilogue of it the story, man. Wraps know? it all up in a nice little bow. It, it's fucking great, man. I love it. Still Flame has a lot of tribal stuff going on. It's weird and mellow way to end the album, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this is absolutely the best album since Chaos AD. For me, there's no skippers on here. Uh, it's the only one from this era that I'll probably listen to again. Mm. I consider this a legitimate return to form. They didn't oversaturate it with excessive tribal sounds. They didn't dumb it down and do the new metal stuff to appeal to that crowd. It's a meat and potato sepultura with a little bit of cool artistic stuff sprinkled in. It's heavy. The guitars punch through and Derek's never sounded better. Mm. This one's a five and a half out of six for me. Oh, wow. Awesome. I think this is an improvement over the other non-Max albums, but it's still not great. Uh, I felt like they were trying to do a movie score or something. Uh, at least they left a lot of the new metal stuff behind them. Three and a half out of six. Nice. Can't get a fucking good score from this guy for nothing. This is a killer concept album. Cool topic. Each of the three parts had a different feel to them. Everything flows together, though, extremely well. From the changes in the arrangements in each song to how each track transitions smoothly into the next with the appropriate vibe for each story arc. A solid closer. But these songs do not need to be enjoyed altogether. These fuckers are badass on their own without need to explain that there's a concept going on. You can just kick some of these songs on and fucking have a good old time. 
Uh, the album had a couple videos, Convicted in Life and Ostia. Check those out if you're that sort of thing. Sucks Igor left because you're like, God damn, you did this and now you're gone. But at least he went out on a fucking high note. Dante 21 or XXI is a six upside down pentagrams. All right. That's the end of the Igor era. Let us know what you thought was the coolest album from those four. Or if you uh, fucking never heard of them, check them out. Let us know. Until next time, be cool. Be metal. All right, everyone. That is our episode for this week. Hopefully you are uh, still on board for this bumpy ride that we Mm. call Sepultura's discography. Mm. Join us next week when Join we get us. into the final episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the era that has no Cavalera. The Ooh. era of no Cavalera. Mm. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, it does. It does. That's it. That's it, motherfuckers. We're done. Until next week. Until. Keep it metal. Keep it. And rage with rage. respect. With respect. With respect.